So the question is to describe the difference between perfusion and diffusion limitation between the alveoli and the pulmonary capillary. They also ask what factors determine whether gas transfer is perfusion or diffusion limited. The structure is going to be firstly to define perfusion versus diffusion limitation and then secondly to discuss the factors determining perfusion and diffusion limitation. I've subdivided the factors into firstly being pulmonary blood flow related and then secondly relating to equilibrium time um, which uh, relates to two further sub-factors, number one being uh, protein binding of the gas and then number two being um, factors involved in fixed law. Um, the third point is to then talk about the examples of the different gases. So we'll talk about nitrous oxide, carbon dioxide, oxygen and carbon monoxide and then to plot these on a graph. Um, and then number four is about the measurement of um, diffusion capacity, which is DLCO. So firstly, the definition of perfusion limitation. Perfusion limitation refers to a gas which reaches rapid equilibrium um, across the uh, alveolar capillary membrane. Therefore, the flux or the flow of gas across the membrane is limited by the amount of blood flow through that alveolar unit as opposed to diffusion limitation, which is where the gas does not reach equilibrium prior to the end of the blood transit time in the pulmonary capillary. Um, therefore, the transfer of gas is limited by factors that affect the rate of diffusion and not perfusion. Um, when we talk about the rapid equilibration, it's all with respect to the RBC transit time. So the red blood cell spends about 750 milliseconds within the alveolar capillary or the pulmonary capillary um, and then that can obviously be increased so increased time spent meaning decreased speed of blood flow in low cardiac output states um, and then also can be decreased in high cardiac output states such as exercise. Therefore the determination of whether a gas is going to um, have perfusion or diffusion limitation is then dependent on the equilibration time with respect to the RBC transit time. So if the gas can equilibrate across the alveolar membrane into the blood in less than 0.75 seconds, then it will be perfusion limited because it rapidly equilibrates and therefore the more blood that you get in, the more gas you're able to transfer across because of how rapidly it can get across. Um, versus if the blood if the gas takes more than 750 milliseconds, then it will be more of a diffusion-limited gas because the equilibration time is greater than the blood transit time and therefore the gas is going to be limited, the gas transfer is going to be limited by the rate of diffusion across the membrane and not the perfusion. Um, perfusion and diffusion limitation occur on a spectrum and some gases can be both diffusion and perfusion limited depending on the circumstances. So, for example, Oxygen is normally perfusion limited um, at normal um, at normal FiO2s and therefore normal PaO2s. However, in some conditions, that will firstly speed up the red blood cell transit time and then also decrease the the uh, pressure gradient. Oxygen can then be diffusion limited. So, in examples like um, when there's hypoxic conditions or people are exercising. Um, so hypoxia will decrease the pressure gradient and then exercise will increase the red blood cell speed and therefore decrease the red blood cell transit time. Um, so if you take the example of, a, um, of a, an athlete climbing Mount Everest, 
Um, that means that they are in a sympathetic state where they're exercising. So the increased cardiac output means decreased red blood cell transit time. And then from being at high altitude, there's a decreased um, partial pressure of alveolar oxygen. And then that will then push oxygen towards being a diffusion-limited gas rather than normally being a perfusion-limited gas. So that's perfusion versus diffusion limitation. The second thing is going to be the factors that determine perfusion versus diffusion limitation. I've already spoken about the blood flow as well as the um, equilibration time. So there's multiple factors that affect blood flow and they can be based on Fick's law. So Fick's law is Q, which is flow or flux, is equal to um, area. So that's area of the membrane over the thickness of the membrane. So area over thickness multiplied by the diffusion coefficient, which is the gas solubility over the molecular weight, uh, sorry, the square root of the molecular weight, multiplied by delta P, which is the pressure gradient from one side of the membrane to the other. Um, so the factors, there's factors that will increase the flow and then factors that will decrease the flow. So factors increasing flow is going to mean anything on the numerator being high, so increased solubility of a gas, so for example, carbon dioxide, um, other things could be increased pressure gradient. So, for example, um, inhaling nitrous oxide. Um, so, for example, at, um, using 70% uh, fraction of inspired nitrous oxide means that there's going to be a large pressure gradient from the alveolus into the blood because the blood does not contain nitrous oxide. Um, then you can also have things that will increase the membrane area. So, for example, with increasing age, there's increasing area for diffusion, which means that more gas can then transit across the alveolar membrane. Um, and then if we decrease the denominator, so if we have a decrease in molecular weight um, as well as a decrease in membrane thickness, although that doesn't really happen, um, then the other factors are those that will decrease um, flow. So the first is going to be um, to decrease the pressure gradient. So at, like we mentioned earlier, at altitude with, um, with oxygen, there'll be a decreased partial pressure of inspired oxygen, um, and therefore that decreases the pressure gradient. Um, as well as in cases where there's increased alveolar thickness. Um, so there's certain disease states like pulmonary fibrosis, there'll be decreased um, diffusion across the membrane. And then the final factor um, affecting flow is related to protein binding. So important to note that gases bound to protein do not contribute to the partial pressure. So if a gas is heavily protein bound, then it will reduce the ability of that gas to reach equilibrium um, during the time spent in the pulmonary capillary. So one example um, that I got confused with was carbon monoxide because usually you think carbon monoxide rapidly equilibrates and therefore causes carbon monoxide poisoning. But carbon monoxide rapidly binds to hemoglobin with really high affinity and therefore doesn't actually produce much of a partial pressure gradient. Um, and so that means that carbon monoxide, even though it rapidly binds to hemoglobin, because it's not dissolved, it actually doesn't reach equilibration during the time that the RBC spends within the pulmonary capillary, meaning that it's a perfect example for a diffusion-limited gas. So that's the factors affecting flow. Then we move on to the examples. So there's a graph, which is probably easier just to look at. Um, on the x-axis, there is capillary transit time, which is in milliseconds, and that goes from 0 to 750. And then on the y-axis is the partial pressure of the gas in the pulmonary 
capillary. So at the beginning, which is on the left-hand side, um, you've pretty much got the pastoral pressure of the gas as it enters the pulmonary capillary, and then on the right-hand side, as it spends more time in the capillary, you get equilibration towards the alveolar um, partial pressure. And so there's an alveolar, there's a dotted horizontal line for the alveolar partial pressure, and then everything sort of, um, all four gases then approach that line. So um, from the from the bottom, there's carbon monoxide, which has a pretty uh, a, a pretty flat line from um, from zero, um, but never really reaching alveolar partial pressure because it um, can't can't produce that same um, partial pressure due to being so protein bound. The other two gases at the bottom um, are nitrous oxide, which starts at zero and then rapidly um, approaches the alveolar. Um, partial pressure, so like an asymptote, um, and then oxygen, which starts slightly higher on the y-axis because there's a fraction of um, the, the partial pressure of oxygen is not going to be zero in the venous blood, um, and then approaches the asymptote of alveolar equilibration, but slightly slower than nitrous oxide does. And the final gas is carbon dioxide, which starts at the top of the alveolar equilibration line because it is it actually decreases in concentration as it goes through the capillary. Um, so it goes from about 46 to 40 millimeters of mercury as it um, transits the pulmonary capillary. So that's the graph, and it's probably easier to look at it. Um, and then the final part is the measurement of diffusion, um, diffusion capacity, which is called DLCO. The DL stands for diffusion capacity, the CO stands for carbon monoxide, and that's because carbon monoxide is a perfect example of a diffusion-limited gas. The way that you measure diffusion capacity um, is that you, well, first of all, the, the units of diffusion capacity is the volume of gas in mils, which is able to cross the membrane for a given change in pressure, which is equal to one millimeter of mercury. So for every one millimeter of mercury, how much gas in mils is able to cross the membrane? And that's gonna vary depend on which gas we're talking about. So you use two gases, um, and the method that I've chosen to learn is the single breath method. And the single breath method means that you, um, you have a patient breathing on room air. So they take a few breaths at room air. Then they take a, um, take a breath all the way out. So they exhale maximally down to their residual volume. They then inhale a gas mixture. The gas mixture has carbon monoxide, 0.3% carbon monoxide, and then helium, so 10% helium. Um, and the, re the reason for the helium is because it very poorly diffuses across the membrane and then is used as a measurement of alveolar volume. So they take a vital capacity breath of a gas mixture of carbon monoxide 0.3% and helium 10% and then they hold that breath for 10 seconds in order to equilibrate and evenly distribute the carbon monoxide to all the different lung units um, and that's as a control for the um, varying time constants or the, the heterogeneity of the time constants within the lung. The patient then exhales and then the gas is read at a gas sampling line. The first 750 mils of gas is ignored because it's thought to be the alveolar, the, thought to be the dead space, the dead space and um, is not representative of the alveolar gas. And then you take a gas sample. The gas sampling uses the tracer gas technique, um, which is, uh, it's also called inert gas dilution. Um, that's when the, the, the patient's given a known volume of an inert gas, which is for helium at a known concentration um, and then you measure the 
expired um, concentration um, and then through an equation you're then able to to match up the the volume that it's um, that it's been diluted into aka the, the alveolar volume so the equation is just c1 times v1 so the known concentration of the inhaled times the inhaled volume is equal to c2 which is the exhaled concentration which you measure multiplied by v1 plus v2 so v1 will be the the gas that you inhaled and V2 will be the intrathoracic gas volume or the alveolar volume in this case. So that's how you measure the alveolar volume and then carbon monoxide uptake is then determined from the difference between the inhaled partial pressure measurement, which is known, and then the exhaled partial pressure measurement. You can then compare that to the helium, uh, to the, the alveolar volume determined by helium and that then allows you to um, to determine the ability of carbon monoxide to diffuse across the membrane and therefore DLCO, which is again, mils of gas per one millimeter change in partial pressure. And then that's everything. So the recap, the structure was to firstly define perfusion and diffusion limitation. So perfusion limitation is a gas which reaches rapid equilibration. So in less than 750 milliseconds, therefore flow or flux of gas across the membrane is limited by blood flow versus diffusion limitation, which is where a gas has an equilibration time greater than the blood transit time. And therefore the transfer of gas is limited by factors that affect the rate of diffusion and not perfusion. Um, so that was part one. Then part two is to discuss the factors affecting the flow. That's done by um, Fick's law. So Fick's law, Q equals A over T times D, which is the diffusion coefficient, solubility on square root molecular weight, times delta P, which is the pressure difference. Um, so they're all the first factors. So factors increasing flow are gonna be increasing solubility, increasing the pressure gradient, increasing the area, and decreasing molecular weight. And factors decreasing flow are gonna be decreasing the pressure gradient. So for example, altitude, um, and then increasing the thickness or having higher molecular weight. Another factor not involved in Fick's law which affects flow is protein binding um, because protein gas bound to proteins does not contribute to partial pressure. The third thing is then the, the graph um, and then the fourth part is the measurement of DLCO which is done by the single breath method using helium as a tracer gas to measure alveolar volume and then using the um, difference between inspired and expired partial pressure of carbon monoxide um, to determine the diffusion um, capacity of different gases.